Super Talk Mississippi media production. Yeah, we're like, we already recorded my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good Monday afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another week of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty, Luke Johnson. We're in the First Bank Studios here in Laurel and Hattiesburg. Our buddy Kelly Sanders on the phone with us right now as we get ready to uh, start off another week of Golden Eagle Sports Talk on the Super Talk Radio Network. Opening segment of the show today, sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Great food seven days a week. Kelly Sander can testify to the cream, spinach, and uh, soft-serve ice cream. I can tell you that the brisket is absolutely delicious. And Kelly Sander, I think they serve the best the best turkey I have ever eaten. Moist, delicious. It's really always very good. Yeah, there's a time, this time of year, of course, we're eating a lot of turkeys. We get closer to Thanksgiving, and uh, with Thanksgiving in mind, you want to uh, kick back and kind of take it easy. Let your, uh, you know, let your main course be taken care of by Dickies as well. They can oh, take yeah. care of that for you. All right, Golden Eagles go down uh, in, in not a pretty fashion uh, Saturday night to Troy University. We'll bring all the guys on here in the first segment. Kind of go around the horn. I'll start. We'll go to you, Luke. Then Kelly. Here's the, here's the message that I have for Southern Miss fans that uh, that I watched during the game and on social media. Before the season ever started, on this show, we talked between the three of us with Patrick McGee, with everybody that follows and covers Southern Miss football, about the importance of keeping Trey Lowe healthy, your most experienced college quarterback, biggest, strongest quarterback you've got. That's who they worked with in the spring. That's who they worked with in the fall. That's who they planned their game plan around. He goes down after six quarters and and may be out now for the year. Uh, you bring in a freshman quarterback that there was no intention of ever playing him this like this, and you put him behind what proves to be a really underperforming, at least to this point, offensive line, and you have what you saw Saturday night. The loss of Trey Lowe is looming huge over Golden Eagle football, Luke Johnson. What bothers me is is that the coaching staff talked up the the offensive line, um, and that was uh, an area that they went after in recruiting. Um, really, you have the most experience at any position at the offensive line, and we've seen the exact same thing. I mean, we had uh, we had thirty nine attempts for negative one yard Saturday. What that forces you to do, we knew Troy was going to stack the box and put pressure on Ty Keys. Ty Keys early on uh, made a few plays because of the pressure wasn't there. And then they found out that they could get through the offensive line with pressure. He was sacked nine times. The only time that's happened more to a Southern Miss quarterback was in, uh, in the last 20 years was in 2000 against the Tennessee Volunteers up in Knoxville. So you can't, you can't get Frank Gore loose. You can't alleviate the pressure that way. Uh, you're, he's running for his life. He gets hit extremely hard. And at the same token, I mean, you look at what he did. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't awful. One of the interceptions was a deflected pass. He was 16 to 27 for 157 yards in his first career start. 
against a really good defense that held a top 10 pick last week. It was the running game that was so atrocious and the pass blocking that was so atrocious because we saw him make a few uh, few good throws. Now, he obviously missed his. But, I mean, you tell me, you know, you're going to have a starting a quarterback in his first career game as a freshman, and uh, he completes more than 50% of his passes. Yeah, I mean, I think we got a chance to win if we can do anything else. Uh, offensively, and I'll speak more about it later in the show, but defensively we played well enough to win the football game if we can do anything on offense. Kelly Center, we were communicating back and forth, the three of us Saturday night. I think you saw largely what uh, what Luke and I saw. Your thoughts about what you observed. To, to put an exclamation point behind what Luke said, I agree with, with about Ty Keyes. He's, he's shown you know, his skill set, really strong arm. And I think for the future, in capital letters, of this program, Ty Keyes is going to be going to be a really good quarterback. Now uh, he's exposed to a game that is played much faster than he's used to, particularly at the 2A level uh, in Mississippi high school. Good as Mississippi high school football is, it's still not college football. And people will say, well, why, you know, with all these great receivers, Brownlee, et cetera, why can't we get the ball to them? Well, if the quarterback doesn't have enough time to be able to get the ball to them and if they can't get separation, you know, it, it really leaves you struggling. I also agree that the defense is pretty doggone good. The problem is the longer the defense is on the field, the more tired it's going to become as a unit. They're being exposed to more potential injuries. And that's going to cause cause problems later on down the road, as uh, as you hope that nobody will get injured. But it's just kind of the nature of the game. But I also want to say something that, that we really haven't haven't touched upon really yet this season. Some of the responsibility of this has to lay at the feet of Jay Hobson, because I think lots of times Will Hall, with his enthusiasm, you know, he talked up the program, which you would expect your coach to do. But this is the drawback. You know, people in the media talk all the time about coaches poor-mouthing. Oh, we're not very good. You know, the other team is really good. This is the reason coaches poor-mouth is because when they talk so highly about their team and then it doesn't happen, they blame the coach. Well, right now you're asking Will Hall and his staff to, to, to make a six-course meal with bread and water. And it's just it's not, it's not going to happen. Okay? Now, I even said before the season seven or eight wins. So I, I, was, I was thinking that way as well. But now that you get to see what everybody else has and that Sunbelt teams have manhandled you know, this Eagle edition so far, um, doesn't, doesn't make for a very good you know, future, future this season, particularly offensively. But some of the responsibility has to lay at the feet of right. Jay Hobson. Well, I, I still contend that you, you, you made all your plans around quarterback A, and then quarterback A is out of the picture that's a big setback for you. What do we know anything about Trey Lowe's injury now, Luke? That we didn't know last yeah. week. Well, we we knew we uh, many people kind of uh, word was kind of trickling out, and there was no official word anywhere. But midnight last week, uh, you knew it was something that was going to be very, very, very. Uh, it was going to be weeks, if not months. So we were in the press box uh, on Saturday. And about the third quarter, the official word came through. It was a lower leg injury. Obviously, we knew that, but that he was out indefinitely. And then later on that night, it was basically said he was out for the year. Trey Lowe comes out today on Twitter and just talks about how he's going to be focused on rehabbing and helping this team in any way he can. But, yeah, he's done. I mean, it's it's Ty Keys. 
to Kelly's point in the early scrimmages, uh, in, in the preseason scrimmages, what you heard from Will Hall was that T-Webb and Ty Keys, who were battling for the number two spot, their, quote, heads were spinning. The game was fast for them. Ty had a, a better second scrimmage. Uh, and But at the same time, you could see even Saturday that, that the game was enveloping him. I think from a raw – he's able to – he will have a faster learning curve in some ways, or a, I should say a performance curve, simply because of his God-given talent. And I think that's why he's out there. Uh, and that's why I think maybe he, he excelled better in the preseason. Uh, but it is – it's Ty Keys. Trello's done. And it all starts up front, and uh, look, let's just call a spade a spade. Uh, the offensive line is dreadful. They're not run blocking. They can't protect the quarterback. Uh, they, they've been pretty dreadful, Kelly. They have, and you certainly hope, you certainly hope that, it, that it can turn around. Um, you know, Chandler Pittman, the standout from McGee High School, I think he's, he might even be listed uh, second on the, on the quarterback uh, list now behind uh, trade. I mean, behind uh, uh, Keys now, and and Pittman. You know, they used him in some wildcat formations on Saturday. So I think, and they were looking maybe for another place for him to play. But T. Webb just has not has not performed like they thought he would. In fact, you know, I, I, he hasn't gotten any better. And in fact, he talked to some the insiders said no. He, in fact, he's digressed. Um, so I don't know if there's a future for T. in, in the right. in the program at this point. Uh, on a brighter note, Sander, let me let me bring this. We've only yeah. got about fifty seconds left. On a brighter note, the band was spectacular. The kids that joined the Pride, the All State Band, that was very entertaining. And Kelly, I had my eye on the student section when the Dixie Darlings were introduced. I want to report to you, and I watched this closely as a former reporter. I saw no signs of intimidation or fear. As uh, we were told last year, that the Dixie Darlings imposed on the student body by the woke leaders of the campus. I just wanted to update you on that. Please to report that, Bob. And and yeah, to end on a positive note, I, this defense is really fun to watch. They're good. I, I, yeah, they the played defense, well. They are. Yeah, the defense is great. I just hope that and some offense can get generated. Gentlemen, we have a punter. We, we have, do have a, a doggone good punter, Mason Hunt. Uh, that's that was uh, that was pretty impressive hang time he had. He he finished with a forty two point five average. He has been one of the best players on the field for Southern Miss through the first three games. I know that. I know people don't want to hear that, but bright spots. We got a punter. All right, yeah, Kelly he's also on the field too too much. Too much, unfortunately. All right, Kelly will rejoin us uh, later in the show. Uh, last segment, we'll bring you back, Kelly, if you're going to be around. Heath Hinton is next from Big Gold Nation. We'll get his observations of uh, Saturday night and where the Southern Miss football program stands as they get ready to face the best college football team in America. Stay with us. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right. Welcome back to the show. We're glad you're with us. We're broadcasting from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg this afternoon. Our thanks to First Bank for their support of our program. Since day one, a great bank. Uh, do any kind of banking business you need. 
uh, check them out first bank home of the perfect 10 this segment of the show is sponsored by campus bookmark they were busy saturday that's for sure you can shop there six days a week you can shop online at campusbookmart.net you'll find the latest southern miss apparel uh, at campus bookmark campusbookmart.net Heath Hinton is the owner and proprietor of Big Gold Nation website. Heath joins us uh, weekly on the Eagle Hour. Heath, uh, we were talking about the game Saturday night, and, and I brought up the point that I, it just it's just one man's opinion, but I think the biggest thing we see right now uh, is the loss of the quarterback we all thought was uh, going to be the leader all year, Trey Lowe. Your, your thoughts about how big a blow has that been to the football team? We hear now he's out for the year. How much better? How much in a better place would the program be right now had he not been injured? I think we'd be in a lot better shape. Yesterday's game probably the offense moved the ball a little better. Look, uh, when he went down, it's tough on a freshman quarterback who wasn't here in the spring, who gets here in the summer after playing baseball, trying to learn Will Hall's system. I think uh, you can see it on the field. What they take two snaps under center, and that was when they were backed up on the goal line. Uh, he just he doesn't know the whole, whole offense yet, which then turns around into uh, how much does he know of uh, you know being able to do audibles? How much can the coaches give the offense from the sidelines, and how much adjustments can be made at half? Half of the team's offense this year has been in their center, and I don't know if that makes that big of a difference, but it might when it comes to timing and different things like that. So I think, you know, yeah, you losing Trey Lowe is huge for the offense because you lose most of your playbook uh, that you were going into the season with. Now you got to revamp everything. And to do it in a week where you uh, – Tuesday you go into practice and you have to go early because of uh, the tropical storm and then it's raining on Wednesday and you have to practice in the pain center. You're not going to get nothing done on a walkthrough. That's not really not going to help keys get ready for the game, but you do what you got to do. So, I mean, yeah, losing Trey is huge, huge for this team this season. And now comes the best college football team in the nation. Yep, buckle up your chin strap. Um, Alabama, you going in Alabama, and Alabama, uh, they're probably not going to be too happy because uh, Florida kept the game close at the end. So, probably not going to have a happy Alabama team at home this week. Luke? Heath, let's uh, let's let's talk positive uh, first half specifically uh, after the tipped uh, interception uh, from Ty Keys. Defense holds; they force a fumble again. Uh, you look at that; that would have they would have been scored in the in the thirties. Troy would have if it weren't for that on the day. Uh, I, I felt like, especially in the first half, uh, the defense looked really good. The second half, they came out; they gave up, so they tackled bad, still sleep coming out of the locker room. But apart from that. Pretty good day uh, for the defense. They allowed 300 yards uh, total. They only allowed um, 49 total net rushing yards for Troy, and that was a bright spot. I even thought, you know, the secondary uh, made some big plays, knocking balls away. Eric Scott, Rashawn Mitchell wasn't available, but talk about the defense, if you would. I thought they, I thought they played well. You had young guys, Brandon Toll, stepped in and played a lot. Uh, you're right about Scott. I mean, you look at the defensive line, Todd Sykes was a man among boys. Um, he was just shoving people around, tackling runners in the backfield, getting after quarterback. Yeah, you got to be extremely happy with the way the defense played. Uh, defense, to me, played well enough to win a lot of games this season. 
if they, if they have an offense, you know, they can catch up with them. They can do some good things. But the defense is going to have to keep Southern Miss in games. And you could tell towards the end they started getting a little tired, cramping. So, uh, yeah, defensively outstanding. Mason uh, Hunt kicking, uh, punting. Yes. What a leg that kid has. Uh, Briggs did well. I, I, you know, it's just. The offense, they've got to get some type of offense going. And right now, it does, just looks um, like it's still a work in progress. I said this in the first segment. Does it bother you that the coaching staff thought the offensive line was one of the strongest points of the team coming in the season and then just to see how they performed through three weeks? Yeah, but let me ask Luke, I mean, you played football. I'm not, the offensive line didn't play well. There was some times where. Tackles just let guys go um, around the outside, couldn't stop them. But a lot of that is when you, after that first series, when Troy realized what was going on, they just put seven guys in the box and dared, dared Southern Miss throw the football. You can't block seven with five. So it's kind of hard to, you know, control a run, to have a running game when they got more in the box than you can even block. So, uh, yeah, then, um, the offensive line should have played better, but yes. Um, you know, there's some reasons for that, too. Did it bo- did it not bother you, but were you kind of surprised that we didn't see, uh, you know, at least some type of attempt uh, with running on the edge, maybe with Chandler Pittman in at Wildcat, or, or doing something rather than, you know, running more, you know, zone plays or counter plays in between the tackles? Yeah. But then again, do we? How much of that offense is known at this point? Yeah, I would have liked to have seen something on the outside a little bit, maybe some misdirection. I didn't see any misdirection either. Maybe a reverse or two, just to keep them honest, because they were pretty much flowing to the football on defense. They're a good defensive football team. Maybe they're aggressive. Maybe worked that against them. But I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty. But still, yeah, you're right. Would have been nice to see some. Uh, some some type of going against the grain on the offense, maybe. Uh, but didn't see that at all. And once again, is that a pro- is it, is that a product of maybe the quarterback not knowing all the offense yet? How much does he know? I mean, I, I don't know, but it seems like that could have an effect there. Preface what I'm about to say by by indicating that I full well realize that this coaching staff is not playing largely with their players. Uh, players from another coaching staff but Heath what you said was 100% true uh Troy just put six seven guys up on the line of scrimmage and said okay throw the ball downfield we don't think you can do that and we're not going to allow the best player on your team to hurt us well isn't that what everybody's going to do till Southern Miss starts uh, showing that they can pass protect and throw the ball up the field yeah got to uh, get some quick throws look you've got to be able to throw teams out of blitzing you. And as long as uh, Southern Miss is having problems completing passes or, you, you know, holding on the ball too long in the pocket, maybe uh, trying to get outside before uh, you need to instead of stepping up, until that happens, they're going to go man outside and they're just going to they're going to get after the quarterback and uh, get after everybody in the backfield, the running backs too, because they have, no one fears the downfield threat. Brownlee's, uh, you know, ankle seems to be bothering him. Uh, other than him, there's not anybody that can go up and get the ball downfield. So uh, until something improves in that category, you're probably going to see that 
for the rest of the season until Southern Miss can prove to people that they can uh, throw the football down the field at a pretty good click. So I'm going to ask Luke this, and then you can chime in here in the last two minutes we've got left, Heath. So what do you, what is it actually, Luke, that as a football team you hope to accomplish this week? Obviously, you're not going to go to Tuscaloosa and beat Alabama. But but what can this team go do that would be a positive for them moving forward? Oh, Bob, but the ESPN uh, forecast predictor has a 0.8% chance that Southern Miss might win. So you're telling me there's a chance, okay? <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, it's just an opportunity to play. It's an opportunity uh, to play against the best. It's an opportunity to... Uh, you know, try some different concepts. It's an opportunity to have your kids get more experience and play in the biggest time venue in college football right now against the best program for the last decade. So, again, it's a great opportunity. I mean, you're going to get beat. You're going to get beat by a lot of points. At the same token, if if you can go and, and get a couple things positive in Tuscaloosa done, you don't focus on the negative. They're good. They're really good. They're the best. But if you can do a couple positive things, you feel like if you can accomplish a couple things in Tuscaloosa, you can accomplish that in Conference USA going forward. All right, quickly, Heath, about 40 seconds. Your thoughts about this weekend? I I, I agree with Luke. I think you just go in there and you play one series at a time, one snap at a time, Uh, give it everything you got. Uh, You know, you probably it's probably going to be a tough battle for you for the whole game, but you go in there and you get some experience. You play against the best in the nation. You get some experience in that environment. And that could only uh, – you try to make sure that it benefits the young players that are starting, like the Ty Keys. You want this to benefit him, not hurt him. So uh, you just kind of go in there and try to get as much out of him as you can without uh, without coming out of there injured or beat up. All right, Heath. Thank you. Heath Hinton, everybody. Big Gold Nation. This message as we go into break from a listener of the Eagle Hour, I'm going to repeat this, Bob, about the Dixie Darlings. We'd like to hear from the powers on the campus why the group is not entering the field like they have for years and to the same music. The folks who enjoy that want to continue to see their traditions, and those are the folks that keep the doors open at Southern Miss. We'll be back. Back on a Monday, new week. You know what happens at 4th Street every single day of this new week, 895 lunch. Every single day, go on their Facebook page, 4th Street Bar and Grill. You can see what they're serving up, 895 for the daily special. Always comes with a drink, Monday Night Football on tonight. 4th Street Bar and Grill, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Luke Johnson, Bob Getty from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. The Conference USA women's soccer standings are posted on conferenceusa.com. And if you go there right now, the first place team in the West 
is the Southern Miss Lady Golden Eagles. Soccer head coach Mohamed Elzair joins us now. Coach Mo, what a big last several days for the Golden Eagles. We were joking during the break. Uh, before the Marshall game on Sunday, we saw your team Saturday night in the Rock, and uh, I still think you could uh, you know, put on some pads and hopped in there and, and run on Troy. What do you think? Well, I think I could squeeze through those linebackers or, you know, but I don't know if I'll survive it, though. <laughs> but, I, you know, but uh, no, it's, uh, it, 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 was a fun, it was fun to be out there. Yeah, great uh, opportunity for fans to see your team. Let's talk about what, what was happening. You enter conference play. Uh, of course, you beat Jackson State on September 5th, 6 to nothing. Got some momentum uh, on Friday, September 10th. You get up there to Starkville. They have to postpone the game, your ladies practice. But you come back, and you open conference season, and it was going to be a big test. Charlotte has played... Uh, more or has played, I think, three out of five uh, times in the last five years for the conference championship. They've won it one of those times. Golden Eagles have never won at Charlotte. Your ladies went up there uh, last Thursday, and you won two to nothing. Uh, Coach, just talk about how huge that win was in the history of Lady Eagles soccer. Well, I tell you, it was massive in terms of you know being out there, and you know it's not a it, it's not an easy environment to be. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we have all been working throughout the whole season and we believe that we can do it. And, uh, you know, we went out there and executed our game plan and, uh, you know, started really fast and, and capitalized on, on few opportunities and, uh, got ahead and, uh, they started opening up the shape and got the second one and held on to the last 15, 20 minutes to, uh, get the win, but, you know, uh, what I was really proud of is how not only we executed our plan, but also when Charlotte kind of made some adjustment and went in the second half, changed their shape totally, that we were able to adjust to that and and change our game plan as well and adjust and 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 hold on to the to the result and you know come up with a win. Defensively, uh, your goalkeeper, Kendall Mendich, man, a, a great day for her. Uh, five shots on gold repelled, 17 total shots from Charlotte. But talk about offensively, uh, Ariel Diaz, the reigning Conference USA Offensive Player of the Year. We've been seeing this a lot. She had just been scoring goals. She's been assisting, too. She assisted in the first goal at the 24-minute mark, and at the 60th minute, uh, she got one in uh, assisted by Blessing Kingsley. She's uh, been assisting and scoring for you. Well, I tell you, uh, I'm glad you brought that up because Ariel has just the leader that she is and how she has evolved to being uh, a main part of this program, but also how she's carrying everybody on her back, you know, by assisting, by doing the, the dirty work of transitioning and winning the ball back in the defensive end and then taking the ball all the way up and then assisting. That's what we want from our leaders. And uh, she's really... Uh, inspiring the players around her. And if you see in the, this weekend, we've had six players, including Ariel Diaz, score. But we had six different players scoring. And uh, that is good. That is, you know, you know, she is uh, sharing the, 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 the work, you know. And, and for her, it's, it's all about uh, also, I mean, there was a, a game that we were playing against, uh, against uh, Nichols. She will literally setting up players, and she came off, you know, came onto the field, and you know, she was trying to set up a, a player, and she did, just so so she can build that young player's confidence, 
and uh, just I'm excited to, you know, have her with us for sure. Um, we'll move forward to uh, to Sunday after that huge win. Your ladies at home, and uh, what do you do? Uh, you you score four goals in the first half on Marshall. Uh, they match two of those, but your ladies win four to two. And, and like you said, four different Lady Eagles score on on Sunday. What was it like coming back and, and building on that Charlotte win with a big win at home? Well, I tell you, anytime you come out from a, a big win like that, emotionally you're spent. And and how kind of the, you know just getting the the ladies prepared mentally and physically uh, coming back from that game was huge. So uh, that Saturday we we did a lot of recovery, and then Sunday also we kind of really limited the work that we did. We did a lot of just more kind of stretching and just getting their body and men, and and physically and body and mentally ready for the game. And uh, and you saw yesterday that we rotated a lot of players. Some of the players that played high minutes on on Thursday did not play as much as they did uh, yesterday, and we had to rely on some of our younger players to step in and and uh, and to you know help out with some some of those minutes and release some of those players a little bit. And uh, and that's what kind of really helped us get through that game yesterday is that everybody contributed. And uh, and as you saw, we had for the different players score as well. Now, Coach, doesn't that build the team, though? I mean, when you're getting all the kids involved, all the kids are on the field playing and participating, it would seem to me they're more enthusiastic when they come to practice. Everybody on your team is buying in because they're a part of what's happening. Absolutely, absolutely. We, we want to find, you know, obviously, even you know when we're playing games, you know, even in the first half, we felt that, we wanted to get some of our younger players a little bit more minutes, you know, even though we were up, uh, you know, two nothing. Uh, but I think you know, you know, we need to do that in order to continue not only to keep our key players rested, but also going into the future because any anything could happen, an injury could happen, somebody could be sidelined, and somebody else got to step in. And so we got to find opportunities to develop everybody across the board. Uh, it keeps the morale high. People, the players, come in you know, fresh. Uh, we also kind of monitor, you know, our training load with our players. So, uh, like tomorrow, some players will train a full practice, but others will probably play train only maybe about 20 minutes. So we, and then they do a lot of other recovery stuff with our trainers and, and conditioning coaches. So it's, it's monitoring their load and then, uh, you know, going into into uh, Wednesday is going to be our key practice before we head on to uh, North Texas. Uh, I was going to ask you, what is next? What, what's up next for you over the next 30 days? Well, right now we have North Texas. I don't even know who we play after North Texas, to be honest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just one game at a time. Game right? at a time. Right. I, I, I don't even know who our competition is. I'm just really focused right now on North Texas, and, and we need to keep it that way. You know, uh, I'm sure the players do know. Who we're playing, I, I have no idea who we're playing next. You know, just mm-hmm. focused on North Texas. Well, can we go ahead today and just make it official and predict the conference championship, Coach? <laughs> That's too early. <laughs> That's too early. You know, we're a Put young the man team. On the we're, spot. A young team. We're, we're, we're a young team. And remember last, last year I said, you know, we have to be consistent. We have to be able to, you know, be consistent, you know, you know year in, year out. You know, and and uh, for us is is to be consistent and compete against the you know the top four teams in the league, uh, 
and you know Charlotte is one. You know, we have not won- beat Marshall since 2007, so we're starting to compete with those teams, and 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 obviously North Texas is the powerhouse, and uh, you know we 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 got the best of them last year. I know they're going to be ready at their field, mm-hmm. and uh, so we're gonna we're ready to give them our best, and uh, you know work on our game plan and, and be smart and intelligent on executing our game plan. And uh, that's all I can ask is, is, is for, for the ladies to give us our best, their best effort. Well, kidding about that prediction, of course, Coach. We can, we can <laughs> hope, but I know that, uh, I know that you're not going to predict. All right, well, that's yeah. it for me. Luke, uh, finish up with Coach. Coach, uh, congratulations, you guys. You just doing a great job with the soccer program. Well, thank you. Thank you. I just, you know, everybody around us is, is, is also, we have uh, you know, Jeremy McLean and, 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 and his staff is, is doing a great job supporting us. And, uh, you know, we, you cannot do it alone. You know, it's everybody, you know, pulling together. Going back to, to North Texas, uh, Coach, uh, I went back and looked at their records. Uh, the, all they have is back to 2007 on their website. They have not had a losing season in women's soccer uh, in the last 14 seasons, you got them in the spring. I mean that that was another one of those. This is a program defining win for Southern Miss, and I guess this is probably the one when you see the schedule that you circle on it and say, uh, you know, this is this is the one. If we can win this one, I mean, and and, and you've done the work, but you circle that North Texas uh, date. Am I right about that? Uh, I tell you, the ladies. Are ready, you know. There's, you know, I, you know. I don't need to you know, give them any a pregame talk to get them ready for that game. They're they're ready, you know. And right now, it's just about going, showing up on on the field and and, and training and executing our, you know, what we need to do and 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 just getting them physically and mentally ready for kickoff time. All right, coach. Thanks a lot for being on the show. Thank we you. appreciate you very much, and the best of Thank luck you to so you, much. sir. All right, we'll be right back. Last segment of the Eagle Hour coming up on the other side of the music and the break. To the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Thanks to Coach Mo from Soccer hanging out with us in that third segment. Telling you what, it's a big game. Friday night out in Denton, Texas at 7 p.m. Lady Eagles 2-0 leading the West right now, 6-2 overall. Didn't mention it last segment. They're outscoring their opponents 26-7 in uh, total and uh, 6-2 in conference play. So uh, looking to take on the heavyweight of, of Conference USA Soccer. Got them in the spring. Got the, the uh, Lady Green 2-1, to one, and uh, we'll be taking them on Friday. Uh, fourth segment brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training. Drove through there yesterday, saw that fine complex on Hardy Street, the website dbathattiesburg.com. DBAT D1 there for you. Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. Kelly joins us. Hey guys, news and notes. Uh, I, I, Bob always asks this when, when baseball's bad, he asks when football's coming. Uh, or when baseball, I should say, loses a game, he asks when football's coming. Now that football's struggling, he will no doubtly ask when uh, baseball will come. Check this out. Tuesday 
April 5th, Southern Miss against Ole Miss at Trustmark Park. And then about a month later, on Wednesday, May 11th, the Rebels of Ole Miss come to Pete Taylor Park. So uh, that uh, series renewed. We do know one other date. Kelly brought this to us a little earlier in the year. Southern Miss opening uh, the 2022 season with uh, North Alabama. Uh, That will be February 18th through the 20th. But Ole Miss back on the calendar. All right, from, uh, from picks this last week, Kelly and Luke go six and five. Bob goes seven and four. Dakota, our guest, went eight and three, and Michael Mergens went seven and four. What that means is for the year, Bob and Kelly, 23 and 12 overall. I'm a game behind mm-hmm. 22 and 13. Kelly, uh, your performance, six and five, a little over 500. Yeah, I picked, I mean, I picked the Eagles to win. You know, I probably saw that one with my heart rather than my eyes. Um, I, you know, I really thought I really thought they were going to be able to get one uh, at home, but um, uh, that didn't didn't happen. Um, but I did I did the smart thing and picked against the Bengals. Um, that's that's usually good for one. Um, and I think I picked against. Uh, did we have the Reds? The, excuse me, the Washington football team and Giants game as one of the games last week. Well, they played on Thursday, so right. we didn't pick till oh, Friday, right. so we left them off. Yeah, and Bob, they got him one. They did. How about that? Man, it was a great game, too. It was really an exciting game. You know, we were talking during the break. Uh, when you watch NFL football, it's obviously a different sport. And sometimes you see a lot of really exciting games, and sometimes you see games that are like heavyweight championship fights. That was the game last night between the Ravens and the Chiefs. That is a – boy, I tell you what, Kelly Sander, that's two heavy-hitting football teams right there. I would just – I would just like to see a little bit more defense. Uh, I really not much last I, night. Not with, no, not with not those quarterbacks. Much. No, not yeah, much last down night. The field and and again, you know, all these because of all these rules that have been made by because Tom Brady's still around. You know, you can't touch a quarterback. Oh, you can't come one on, if you're laying on the ground. They did win too, right? The, but the, for real, the, the tell me, up. tell me, Kelly, if if you were the brain trust of a defensive staff, how you're going to contain Mahomes and Jackson in a game? I'm just saying, that, you know, obviously it would be difficult anyway, but I'm just saying you can't, if you are a defensive, you can't tackle a guy. If you're on the ground, you can't reach up and, you know, you can't hit him below the waist. It's just so difficult. And I understand the quarterbacks are the faces of the franchise and they want to, you know, they want to try to protect them, but it's football, you know, after all. I was looking at the Massey ratings today, you guys. You know, you know who the Massey, by the way, about half of Conference USA is like, there's 130 Division One teams. And about half of Conference USA is below 100, hmm. uh, meaning, meaning worse than 100. You know who they've got as, as the best team in, in the league? San Antonio. Yes, very good, no, Bob. No. They do. Who's the worst? Uh, believe it or not, the Rice Owls. Really? Really? Huh. San Antonio, I think, may be living up to the hype, Kelly. They look to me to be yeah. pretty solid. Yeah, they do, but I'll tell you what, UAB's defense is, is the real deal. I mean, it, when you compare it to other Conference USA teams, right? So UAB UAB is going to be really tough to beat, and unfortunately, UAB and UTSA are both on Southern Miss's side of the ledger. Right, um, right. But, plus, but plus Louisiana Tech. You know, that's not yeah, going to be. Yeah, Louisiana Tech is really they're zero and two when they really should be two and zero. Right. I mean, they've had a couple of really tough breaks. Right. I mean, I'm not going to cry a whole lot. Tech going Tech. You know, but. That they could just as easily be two and zero. Right, so, right, right. Uh, things not stacking up well. Hopefully, that Rice game. You know, after 
I guess we're just are we just giving Alabama this one Saturday? <laughs> what do you think, Kelly? There is a point eight percent chance that we're going to win. Well, this here's game. the question of the day, Kelly. I saw the I saw the spread was forty five points. Now, in all honesty, would you take the points? Uh, you guys, honest. Well, I, I don't. Need, I had to take the we, might hey, we held it to down. 42 in 2019. We held it to 42 then. Yeah, yeah, and I and I think that might be the case this weekend. I think they're uh, going to be angry this weekend because they almost got beat, which yeah. I guess to them is embarrassing to play a and close I, game. Just, yeah, I'm just worried about getting the first down. I'm not kidding. Yeah, you no, know? it's it's going to be it's going to be quite a challenge. No question yeah. about that. Yeah. All right, Lee Roberts on the show tomorrow. Also, Joey Hawkins is going to come on the show, former high school coach, to talk about this incredible story. At Greenville Christian School up in the Mississippi Delta, a tiny They're little good. academy that beat the defending 6A champions on their home field uh, Friday night. That's tomorrow on the Eagle Hour. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.